Hey, good morning, good afternoon, good evening world. We're back. <laughs> I am Reverend Adrian L. Robinson II, a.k.a. Rev Rob, a.k.a. Pastor Rob, a.k.a. I don't care what you call me. Just don't call me nothing ungodly because we got a problem. Friends, this is Deeper in the Word, where we give you the real about Scripture with people who actually know and understand it so that you can get a better grasp of what certain things in the Bible actually mean and how they relate to your life and your experiences and how you can apply something that was written so long ago to what you are going through right now. What's up, y'all? Welcome back. Welcome to our first show of 2024. Thank y'all for sticking with us. I know it's kind of risky to go off the air, if you will, for several weeks, but we love y'all and we feel like y'all love us enough to give us that space to get through the holidays. Plus y'all, I, we, my family, we moved into a new area of Georgia. So there's been a lot going on and I didn't want anyone to think that we were neglecting the podcast, but sometimes life be lifing and you got to handle that. But we are back and we are here with episode 10 of season five. I've been saying all how great season five is going to be. And if you've been listening to the first nine episodes, I think you would agree. But we just getting started, y'all. Because wait until you hear the guests that we got coming up or wait until you actually experience them because I ain't going to tell you what they are. <laughs> but anyway, today you just got a little old me as we kick off the new year with a brand new episode that we have entitled Judge's Decision. Judges' decision, excuse me. And the scripture passage that's going to guide our discussion today, y'all, is taken from the book of 2 Corinthians chapter 5, verse 10. And I'm going to read this from the New Living Translation version of the Bible. And the word of the Lord reads as follows. For we must all stand before Christ to be judged. We will each receive whatever we deserve for the good or evil we have done in this earthly body. May the Lord add a blessing to the reading and the hearing of his word. Judge's decision. So, you know, I've been a boxing fan my whole life, right? Love boxing. And many boxing fans will agree with me that arguably the worst judge's decision in boxing history took place during the 1988 Olympic Games in Seoul, South Korea. In fact, many people consider it the single greatest robbery in the history of Olympic boxing, uh, really in boxing as a whole. And so in Seoul in 1988, a very young boxer by the name of Roy Jones Jr., who would you know later go on to have a stellar professional career and capture world titles in four weight divisions and reign as the undisputed pound for pound king of the ring for years. We all know Roy Jones Jr. But this was back when he was an amateur. And he's fighting in the Olympics and he got straight railroaded out of a gold medal at the 88 Olympic Games. See, on his way to the gold medal match, he was knocking everybody out. He was laying everybody down. He didn't lose a single round in any of his bouts. Just too fast. Maybe he wasn't knocking them out, but he was embarrassing folks. Y'all, if y'all ever seen Roy Jones in his prime, he was just too quick. He couldn't even hit him. 
And then he would strike back really quick. So he was doing that in his amateur years, right? Doing that in the Olympics. And so with all these rounds leading up to the gold medal match, he's just destroying people. But in the gold medal match, not only did he do the same thing to his opponent, Park C. Hunt, outlanding him by a ridiculous count of 86 punches to 32. But he lost that bout on a vote of three to two on a judge's decision. And that fight caused an uproar. And the International Olympic Committee spent years investigating that fight. And it was later revealed that the judges who voted in favor of the Korean fighter that Roy Jones had thoroughly dominated, they had been wined and dined by Korean Olympic organizers. Ah, see that? Little politics, little politrickery under the table. And despite all of that, despite knowing that and that things were crooked and wasn't on the up and up and there was some under the table stuff going on, the IOC, the International Olympic Committee, never went back and fixed the decision. Even after it was found out to be crooked and Roy Jones Jr. never rightfully laid claim to the gold medal that technically belonged to him. In other words, Despite all the payola and trickery, the judge's decision was still binding. And it stood. And it still stands today. Now, the point of me telling that very true story is to highlight the idea that a judge's decision is final. Whether you like it or not. By its very definition, a quote, judge's decision is a decision or sentence imposed by a judge and it's binding by the authority that that judge holds. Don't miss that part. And that's true whether it's a judge's decision in a courtroom, a criminal or a civil setting, or if it's a judge's decision in a sports setting, like we just said with this boxing scenario that we discussed. But saints of God, It's even more true and applicable when it comes to life because we live under rules, that is the word of God, the Bible, that are imposed by a judge, who is God, whose decisions are binding because of the authority he holds over the world. See that? See, far too many people in the world do not believe that they will be judged one day. They don't believe that there's going to be an accounting for all the things they did or didn't do in their lives. And you can tell they don't believe that by the way they live their lives, by the way they treat other people, by the way they treat their own bodies. As believers, we know that judgment is coming, not just to us, but to the whole world. We know that. But to the non-believer, they don't believe judgment's coming. That puts them in a greater danger. And all believers, all Christians, one day, are going to have to stand before God and be judged. And really, again, so must all non-Christians and non-believers, but we're going to keep the conversation focused on believers for now because, you know, that's that's a whole show by itself. So we're going to keep this focused on believers. But we're all going to stand before God and be judged. We will be judged for what we do and what we fail to do in this life. And friends, the more that we examine ourselves the less Christ will have to judge us. See, 
Everybody says they want to go to heaven, but they want to do it on their own terms. They don't want to do it the way the Bible tells us to do it. They want to keep on doing certain worldly things and yet still gain heavenly access. They want it both ways. They want their cake and eat it too. But Jesus already condemned people who want it both ways, like the church at Laodicea. Look at Revelation chapter 3, verses 15 and 16. I know all the things you do, that you are neither hot nor cold. I wish that you were one or the other, but since you are like lukewarm water, neither hot nor cold, I will spit you out of my mouth. Y'all, Jesus was telling the Laodiceans that they didn't want to do things on God's terms and instead wanted to remain worldly while still gaining access to the heavenly realm. And he was like, no, nah, it don't work that way, people. So as believers, y'all, we need to check ourselves. We need to examine our behavior and our habits and our thought processes and determine what we need to change about those things. And we need to do this as we start getting into this new year so that we can set the proper tone for the new year and so that we can avoid the negative pitfalls of the judge's decision. So we're going to get into all of that, y'all, after we come back from the break. Presenting our all-new audio devotionals entitled A Few Minutes of Faith, biblically-based devotionals geared towards strengthening the daily walk of the believer. A Few Minutes of Faith provides you with a devotional from the Word of God steeped in solid biblical doctrine, all in usually less than five minutes. Think of it as your audio Bible study on the go to help you stay connected to the vine of Christ as you go about your everyday life. Check out A Few Minutes of Faith, available only on PodPoint and on Apple Podcasts. Go to www.podpoint.com backslash Benevolent Faith Ministries and listen now. That's A Few Minutes of Faith at podpoint.com. That's P-O-D-P-O-I-N-T.com backslash Benevolent hyphen Faith hyphen Ministries. Join us. Hey everybody, CC Eccles here with the One Life Podcast. Join me every Monday at 7 p.m. as we talk about everything that pertains to life. If you need a little encouragement or a little inspiration, then meet me right here every Monday at 7 p.m. You can listen on Google, Apple, Spotify, Breaker, and iHeartRadio. You'll be so happy you tuned in. Ciao, Bella. Hey, hey, everybody. Welcome back to Deeper in the Word. Thank you, Mr. White. We appreciate that. Listen, as a reminder, you can subscribe and listen to us on Spotify, Anchor, Google Podcasts, Breaker, Radio Public, Pocket Casts, Overcast, on Apple Podcasts, in the iTunes Store, on iHeartRadio, on Amazon Music, on BMC Radio, and BMC Radio On Demand, and on the Audible app. By the way, you always wonder why I go deeper and deeper. 
That's where we got that from. Also, don't forget to email us at info at benevolentfaithministries.org to send us your questions and comments for the show. Y'all, it's a brand new year. Your knowledge and, and inquisitiveness about the Lord should be growing in 2024. So get at us so we can talk about some things and some stuff. Amen. And remember, we want you to join us every Tuesday night, 7 Eastern, 6 Central, 4 Pacific for our online church services. Just go to benevolentfaithministries.online.church and create a screen nickname so you can chat along with us during the service. Amen. But today, y'all. Today's show is entitled, Judge's Decision. And we're discussing how every person alive one day is going to have to answer to the ultimate judge of life, that being God, to give an accounting of their lives. What did you do? What didn't you do? It's going to be a whole spreadsheet with your life on it, and he's going to read it. And once God makes that final decision about the fate of that person, it's a wrap. Because the judge's decision is final. And so we've been discussing how we need to check ourselves so that we're not making ourselves subject to that harsh judgment that's coming for the rest of the world. For all the non-believers and the, the lost that don't want to accept Christ as the Lord's sake. And so a lot of people out there right now are going, okay, well then tell me then, oh Mr. Reverend, what exactly will God judge us for? What leads us to be subjected to his divine wrath? Well, the main thing we need to consider is that we're going to be judged. Well, not the only thing, but one of the main things we need to consider is that we're going to be judged for our character. We're going to be judged for our character, y'all. See, we read in scripture that man was made in God's image, right? That's not saying we were made to look like God physically. I mean, how could we? Nobody knows what God looks like. It's saying that we were made to reflect God's nature or his character. In other words, God has certain attributes that he has imparted to us as his creation and which he expects us to exhibit as his creation. When you have kids, you want your kids to represent you right, not be out in the world looking like they ain't had no home training, right? Because you expect them to exhibit as your creation some measure of what you instilled in them and taught them to try to act right in the world. God expects the same thing of his creation, y'all. Things like love and kindness and humility and gentleness and patience. These are all traits of God. These are all aspects of his character, okay? So any worldly deviation from God's character, yeah, he's going to have an issue with that. The same way a parent would when they tell a kid to act a certain way and the kid want to be rebellious. They're going to have an issue with it. Somebody's like, well, wait a minute. What's a worldly deviation from God's character? It's when our God-given traits are changed by us to make concessions for worldly sensibilities. Let me run that back. It's when our God-given traits are changed by us to make concessions for worldly sensibilities. Somebody like, ah. Essentially, it's when you take something God gave you and you pervert it for the sake of worldly glory instead of using it for God's glory. When you've been blessed with a great figure or a great body 
and you use that body for worldly gain instead of glorifying God, you're making a worldly deviation. When you're blessed with money and you use that money to further exert your authority over people instead of blessing others the way you've been blessed, you're making a worldly deviation. When somebody is kind and good to you, but then you use that to your advantage and deceive, defraud, and otherwise get over on that person because of their kindness and you take their kindness for weakness instead of accepting that kindness and passing it on to others the same way that it was extended to you, yeah, you're making a worldly deviation. Saints of God, we're supposed to take on God's traits, not flaunt the devil's traits in God's face. And that's what the world does every day. So what are these aspects of our character that God's going to judge us for? Well, for one, there's our attitudes. Oh, Lord, have mercy. And if you got a teenager, you know exactly what I'm talking about, okay? Our thoughts and feelings control us, y'all. And your attitude is made up of how you think and feel about things. Think about it. If your thoughts and feelings dictates a sense of self-importance, then your attitude is going to reflect that and you're going to be perceived as being arrogant and stuck up. If your thoughts and feelings dictate that money is your sole motivation, get money, then your attitude will reflect that and you'll be perceived as greedy. And as such, your attitude in this life will either make you a success or a failure. Look at how Proverbs 23 verse 7 characterizes this. Don't eat with people who are stingy. Mm, ain't that the truth? Don't desire their delicacies. They are always thinking about how much it costs. Eat and drink, they say, but they don't need it. <laughs> See this proverb writer, King Solomon? He's like, yo, being stingy is an attitude that God does not approve of. In other words... Your disposition, your attitude, the way you present yourself and treat others, your disposition matters to God, how you carry yourself, how you represent yourself. That's your disposition. That matters to God. Because how you look at things will determine how you look at him. So for instance, if you're stingy with your money or worldly possessions, you're going to be stingy with your worship and your praise of God. You're going to be stingy in your service to God. You see that? Now, if you believe in the Lord and you believe in salvation in Christ and that you were, quote, made in his image, like his word tells us that we are, and you're living your life according to what he has said in that word, then your attitude will reflect all of that. You'll be more patient with people. You'll be kinder and gentler and more forgiving and understanding with people. You'll be Christ-like in how you act and how you treat others and how freely you give your time and money and how disciplined you are with your tongue and your language and your gossip. You see what I'm saying? Your perspective says a lot about your character and your relationship with the Lord. So we're going to be judged for our attitudes. Friends, we're also going to be judged for our actions. We're going to be judged for our actions as well. And when we really think about it, 
that's an extension of our attitudes. Because if you got the wrong attitude, it's going to be reflected in the way you act. If you really think it's all about you, that's how it's going to come out. And someone who doesn't even know you can observe you from afar and see how you get down and come to the conclusion without even knowing you, but just based on how you act, your actions. Oh yeah, they stuck up, arrogant. They must get they all that. So we're going to be judged for our actions and our attitudes indubitably lead to our actions. These are things that we got to check that are part of our character that are going to be subject to judgment when God judges our character. So the real question is, what do we do about it? If we want to change aspects of our character so that we're not upsetting God with our actions and our attitudes, how are we going to do it? How do we go about doing it? Well, fortunately, friends, God's got us covered with that answer too. So come back and find out exactly what that is after we return from the break, y'all. Hey, hey, what's good? It's your man's Pastor Rob inviting you to join us live for our weekly online church services every Tuesday night, 7 p.m. Eastern, 6 p.m. Central, 4 p.m. Pacific. All you got to do is go to www.benevolentfaithministries.online.church. It'll take you directly to the live worship session. If you get there a bit early before service starts, stay and enjoy the fellowship with us and others through our chat system. You can even participate live and chat with our hosts and others during and throughout the service, as well as take notes, download the sermon notes, and request prayer or even join Benevolent Faith Ministries itself. Remember, you can log on at benevolentfaithministries.online.church every Tuesday night, 7 Eastern, 6 Central, 4 Pacific, and we can't wait for you to worship with us. Benevolent Faith Ministries, a virtual church with a real heart for God. What's up, y'all? It's your man's Rev Rob, and I'm inviting you to join us every week on BMC Radio for our brand new show entitled The Hour of Power. Each week, you'll hear an inspiring word of God from a different preacher. All episodes will, of course, live up to our established standard of providing sound biblical doctrine. Simply go to www.bmcradio.org.uk and check the daily schedule on the homepage to catch the latest episodes of the show. We feature sermons and preachers from all over the globe, each focused on exegeting the Word of God so that you can get a clearer understanding of the Bible and God's will for your life. So join us every week for the Hour of Power show only on BMC Radio. Go to www.bmcradio.org.uk for more information. Hey, welcome back to Deeper in the Word, where today's show is entitled Judge's Decision. And we're discussing how every person alive one day is going to have to answer to the ultimate judge of life, that being God, to give an accounting of their lives. And once God makes that final decision about 
the fate of that person. Me, you, your mama, the mailman, everybody. Once God makes his final decision about you and the life that you lived, ain't no coming back from that because the judge's decision is final. And so we've been discussing how we need to check ourselves so that we're not making ourselves subject to that harsh judgment that's coming for the rest of the world. And in our last segment, we talked about how we're going to be judged for our character or rather for how our character doesn't line up with God's character. We're going to be judged for that since we were all made in his image in accordance with Genesis chapter 1, verse 27. Because I've been quoting that a lot and I didn't give y'all what that actual scripture was. It's Genesis 1, 27, we were made in God's image. So in this last segment, y'all, we want to talk about how we avoid being subjected to God's wrath, or rather, how we can go about comporting ourselves in a way that we do not expose ourselves to a bad outcome as a result of the judge's decision. And the primary way that we avoid God's wrath and his judgment is by consecrating ourselves. Everybody out there say consecrating. So what is consecration? Consecrating. By definition, it's quote, cleansing someone or something from sin and ritual impurity and then dedicating the person or thing for a specific purpose. Basically, it's devoting or setting apart anything to the worship or service of God. In this instance, we're talking about ourselves. So when we talk about consecrating ourselves, we're talking about setting our lives apart from the world. That is, living our lives in a way that the rest of the world doesn't operate by and dedicating ourselves solely to the worship and service of God instead. That's how you avoid God's judgment. And the key to self, can, excuse me, self-consecration, it can be found in a doctrine, my friends, that is known as the Triple T Doctrine. The Triple T Doctrine. And I know it's known by that because I just made it up. <laughs> And each of the three aspects within the Triple T Doctrine is biblically based. Or it's, in other words, it's steeped in a scriptural foundation. And it ain't just me making this up, okay? These are all scripturally based. And essentially, if we will follow and stick to this Triple H, excuse me, Triple H, <laughs> to this Triple T Doctrine, we're going to be well on our way to preparing ourselves for consecration prior to judgment. So here's the first of the triple T's. And that's time. Time. Look at Psalm 90 verse 12. Teach us to realize the brevity of life so that we may grow in wisdom. This Psalm talks about recognizing, quote, the brevity of life. In other words, he's talking about the fact that in the grand scheme of things, Life is very temporary and short. Tomorrow is not promised. We can literally be here one moment and go on the next, literally. Therefore, believers should know and value the importance of time and use it wisely. That's part of how you consecrate yourself. Look at what the rest of that verse says. Teach us to realize the brevity of life so that we may grow in wisdom. In other words, Lord, we know life is short, 
So help us to appreciate that so that we can become more wise and value our time and spend our time more wisely and not frivolously and stupidly, which is what a lot of people are doing. Think about it. We give our t- a tenth of our money to God when we go to church, right? The tithe. Why not give a tenth of your time to God? Why not tithe your time to God? You know, it's 168 total hours in a week. If you tithe a tenth of your week to God, that is 17 hours. 16.8. We round it up, okay? Out of 168 hours... If you can't give God 17 hours, don't ever say that you love him or that, oh, God is good. How would you know? You don't spend time with him. So that's the first triple T. It's time. The second is our testimony. Our testimony. Check out 2 Timothy chapter 2, verse 19. I told y'all these were all scriptural. 2 Timothy 2, 19. But God's truth stands firm like a foundation stone with this inscription. The Lord knows those who are his and all who belong to the Lord must turn away from evil. Listen, every person who calls himself a follower of Christ should leave all sin behind as they march towards a different type of lifestyle. But see, Talking about it, just saying it, that's not enough, y'all. Y'all know that rap song refrain? Don't talk about it. Be about it. Shut up. You can't just talk about it. You got to be about it. Friends, the way you live your life is a testimony to the work of Christ in your life and in the world. Because it shows the rest of the world how he's working. Because how he's working through you and your other church members and family members and everybody else in fellowship. God wants all followers of his son to show what Christ has done for them and through them. He wants us to demonstrate it and he wants us to tell it. That's our testimony. Now, don't misconstrue. Giving your testimony is more than just doing it verbally. The way you live your life can be a testimony as well without you ever saying a word. That can be your testimony as well. But you need to do both. Because remember, Jesus told us to go therefore and make disciples. You can't make disciples unless you're telling them about him. He said that. Go tell them about me. So giving your testimony orally, verbally, that is important. But the way you live your life is a testimony to Christ working in your life. When you live your life in such a fashion that people can see the effect of godly living, where people can tell that you're different, than most people around them, your testimony is working towards consecrating you for God's purposes and towards saving you from judgment. So the first of the triple T's is time. And the second is our testimony. Lastly, and I'm done, y'all. The third T stands for our traits. And we talked about that earlier. But now check out this biblical Uh, passage. Look at Acts chapter 4 verse 13. The members of the council were were amazed when they saw the boldness of Peter and John, for they could see that they were ordinary men with no special training in the scriptures. They also recognized them as men who had been with Jesus. And by definition, y'all, our traits 
are, quote, the distinguishing qualities or characteristics or tendencies of something or someone. And in this text, Acts 4.13, what we see is the members of the Sanhedrin, they're being shocked at the authoritative and convicting way that Peter and John spoke in front of them. When they knew Peter and John were not scholars, they were not learned men. They're like, man, these cats is fishermen. How are they up here speaking like us? And we've been studying the law and been scholars our whole lives. How is that possible? Well, I tell you, they didn't know where these guys got that authority and boldness from. But what they did know about Peter and John was that Peter and John had been traveling with Jesus during Jesus' time on earth. In other words, these men knew that Peter and John had spent time with Jesus because of how Peter and John were carrying themselves. Because they were carrying themselves the same way that Jesus was when he stood before them. And they were like, are you the king of the Jews? He was like, hey, that's what you say. Jesus was cool, calm, and collected when they uh, made him endure those six illegal trials. He was cool as the other side of the pillar. And now here you see Peter and John doing the same thing in front of the Sanhedrin. Saints of God, our lives should always show Christ. They should always reflect a Christ-like disposition. The way we carry ourselves, the way we talk to people, the way we handle crises, the way we interact with the lost, all of these things are traits which demonstrate whether or not we truly love and follow the Lord. Look at how the Apostle Paul puts this in Galatians 5.16. So I say, let the Holy Spirit guide your lives. Then you won't be doing what your sinful nature craves. Y'all, living in the Spirit will make our actions different. It will. It will consecrate you for God's glory. So we've got to live in the Spirit daily and let the Spirit guide how we carry ourselves in all respects. Don't take it from me, man. First John chapter one, verse seven. But if we are living in the light as God is in the light, then we have fellowship with each other and the blood of Jesus, his son, cleanses us from all sin. See that? Scripture is telling us that if we will consecrate ourselves for God, there's that word again, consecrate, it will cleanse us of all sin and unrighteousness, which is precisely how we avoid God's judgment upon our lives. My friends, when you think of heaven, remember how no one gets there without first going through the judgment seat. Because no believer, really no one alive right now, can or will escape that pivotal day known as Judgment Day. Many believers are going to see the many things that they could have done for the Lord. It's going to be read to them in that accounting. All the stuff they could have done but didn't do. And as a result, there's going to be a lot of great sorrow and tears during the judgment because people are really going to think they're getting into heaven and they're not. Listen, don't take it from me Listen to the man himself. Look at what Jesus said in Matthew chapter 8, verse 12. But many Israelites, those for whom the kingdom was prepared, will be thrown into outer darkness, where there will be weeping 
and gnashing of teeth. First and foremost, he was talking about the Israelites, God's chosen people. All right? Now, if you're a non-believer and you ain't chosen, what makes you think he ain't talking about you? If the Israelites are going to be subject to this, how much more is the person who doesn't know God? Thrown into outer darkness where there will be weeping and gnashing of teeth. See, what you need to understand about that verse and about all the other references in the Bible to the, quote, gnashing of teeth is the undeniable fact that all those who do not belong to Christ are going to suffer a terrible fate of judgment. The gnashing of teeth means uh, the grinding of teeth because you about to get it. Meanwhile, his followers, we're going to be happy in heaven with him forever. So which one of those sounds better to you? My friends, we should all do our very best every day for the Lord. That way, at the time of judgment, you'll be happy and be rewarded by the Lord. Because here's the reality, y'all. Whether we're talking about Olympic boxing or whether we're talking about defendants in a civil or criminal case in a courtroom, nobody has ever or will ever have a worse judge's decision than the one that God's going to give to all people one day, and it may be soon, so don't delay. Amen? Hey, listen, thanks for joining us. Don't forget, you can subscribe and listen to us on Spotify, Anchor, Google Podcasts, Breaker, Radio Public, Pocket Casts, Overcast, on Apple Podcasts, in the iTunes Store, on iHeartRadio, on Amazon Music, and on BMC Radio and BMC Radio On Demand. Also, don't forget, you can find us on the web at benevolentfaithministries.org. Log on now and learn more about our giving partnerships and how you can be the church without the need for any building. And don't forget to log on this and every Tuesday night at 7 Eastern Time, 6 Central, 4 Pacific, for our online church services. Just go to benevolentfaithministries.online.church, create a screen nickname, and chat along with us during the service. We back, y'all. Season 5. God willing, we'll catch y'all next time. Holla.